You are now listening to a member of the Disney Podcast family. Head over to Disney Podcast family on Instagram to see all the latest posts for this show and links to other great Disney podcasts. Inspiration is at the heart <laughs> of all creation. Spark a dream that we're meant to follow. You're listening to the Extra Magic Hour, brought to you by Walt's Apartment Podcast and the Diz Insider. Join the team in the studio as they bring you the spirit of Disney through park news, history, and tips and tricks to make your Disney Parks vacation even more magical. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Extra Magic Hour Brought to you by Walt's Apartment Podcast and the DisInsider.com. We are back. We're excited. Lots of park news to discuss and stuff to talk about. I only got one of my hosts here with me tonight. Lewis, how you doing, buddy? I am doing pretty good. I'm glad to be back here on Extra Magic Hour. Yeah, we got a big week, so we gotta we gotta get the show in the can and 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 finish and get 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 our week going here. So we we discussed last week, last month on um, Walt's Apartment, we had our bonus episode with Danny from Just Ask Danny. Um, We said, hey. Let's give him an extra magic hour and talk just all Disney Park stuff. So we're so excited to welcome back to the show Just Ask Danny, um, or Danny from Just Ask Danny and the <laughs> 5571 podcast. How you doing, Danny? Good to see you again. Good. I'm glad to be back. I've never been on EMH, so I'm yeah. excited to talk parks. Yeah, that's just, this is my baby. If you talk about all the shows we have um, from the old podcast that we had, I created Extra Magic Hour. So this is my favorite because it just talks parks. So it's it's my absolute favorite one of them all. And I figured, why not have you on here? Because we're just going to talk parks. Um, and you've had, you talk about busy weeks. Man, you've had like a busy month so far. Yeah, you, Halloween you, is like the craziest time of year for anyone that does theme park stuff. Yeah. <laughs> but you've been killing it. I've been, I mean, I was following along uh, when you were doing your holo- holiday Halloween Horror Nights. You're like putting everything on the X and like showing all the stuff. And I'm like, okay. Still, I'm not sure if I like that, but it'd be cool. We're going to talk about that at the end because I want to get your thoughts on that. But um. Yeah, like I said, last month when you were on, we said you were gonna go do Oogie Boogie Bash and Tiana's Palace, like and, and the same no Tiana's was the same day as Halloween Horror Nights, right? You did both or Yeah, just- we well actually not that day. I, I didn't I waited until Saturday. So okay. a couple days later. I was going to originally do them both the same day, but then I, I just was like, you know, this is too much. <laughs> Plus exactly. I wanted to get to Halloween Horror Nights a little bit earlier. So Right. I listened to your show last week, the 5571 podcast, anywhere you can find your podcasts. Um, you are a Spotify podcast, but a great mm-hmm. show. Uh, your your show is always, you know, are you, are, will you have a show coming out this Tuesday or? Yes, uh, I will have one coming out um, on Wednesday, Wednesday so, okay. uh, because I'm recording this tonight. That's so fair. Yeah, okay, you got to edit and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> but tell us about your YouTube channel and tell us about your podcast. And we're going to dive into these topics and just have some good discussion. Yeah, so I have a YouTube channel um, under Just Ask Danny. Uh, I post theme park content, mainly Disneyland stuff. Um, 
And I just posted an Oogie Boogie by guide uh, for like, you know, visiting Oogie Boogie Bash if it's your first time. So mm-hmm. uh, it took me a while to make that one. So I uh, I had a list of like all the things I wanted to do and I wanted to really showcase because I feel like a lot of people this year were going for their first time. So that was my project there. And then uh, 5571 podcasts, very similar to, you know, podcasts like this. We talk about theme parks, mm-hmm. uh, Southern California theme parks mainly, uh, and also what's new and what's happening at Disneyland. Yeah. And we're going to talk about some new stuff coming to Disneyland too. But we told, we asked you last month, hey, you want to come every month? You're like, yeah. I'm like, cool. Let's talk about Oogie Boogie. So let's start there. You went to the first. You went to the first Oogie Boogie Bash of the season, right? Yeah. Just walk us through what Oogie Boogie is. I know our listeners talk about it and they they've listened and they understand what it is. But you were there. Tell us what you thought about it this this year. The differences, the new villains. If they were cool, they looked they looked cool from what from what I've seen from a few different people. But uh, just give us your overall thoughts of Oogie Boogie. Yeah, um, it it was a really fun event. Um, it's it's basically a Disney's Halloween. It's a Disney Halloween party, right? So you're gonna have trick or treating. You're gonna be able to come to the park in costume. Um, they've r- kind of created their own way of kind of interacting with characters uh, at Oogie Boogie Bash uh, that works really well for an event like this to let you be able to see all of them. Uh, they incorporate uh, the character meet and greets with the treat trails. So when you trick or treat, you're also meeting a specific villain character, right. um, and uh, they kind of usher guests along so that they're you know the line's always moving. So it never really feels like you're waiting too long for anything. Um, but it's a normal after dark event at Disneyland, right? So you can get um, you know short attraction waits if you if that's something that you want to do, or you can focus on just the entertainment and the character meet and greets and the trick or treating, and spend all your time doing that. So there's um, it's really kind of how you want it to be over at Disney California Adventure Park. Um, so on all honesty, uh, if you really wanted to go and experience Disney California Adventure with very minimal weights. Right. Uh, Oogie Boogie Bash is the time to do it. So, so all the rides are open. A lot of them are. Yeah. yeah. A lot of them are. So I have, I have a few questions. Mm-hmm. Who, your favorite villain that you saw, who was, who was that? Uh, I just feel like uh, the, the best villain overall really recently has been Sid from Toy Story. Yeah. Um, he, he always has the longest line, but I think he just gets really into his interaction, right. He's making fun of all the guests, uh, arguing with them, you know, just being like the character Sid from the movies. Yeah. Like, it's, it, it, he, anything I've seen like highlights, anyone has shown, that's what everyone shows highlights of, of him basically arguing with, with whoever that is on there, you know? But, yeah. He's, he's very, he's very good character and uh very pop. He's gained popularity. I feel like the more he's been out. So uh, definitely, I think that one, or maybe like Ernesto de la Cruz, just mm-hmm. because, how intricate and well done the costume is for that. So he's pretty interactive too, correct? <clears throat> he is. Yeah. I felt like last year uh, when he debuted for the first time, he was, he sang a lot more and like performed uh, this time. He wasn't singing as much. He was playing the guitar, mm-hmm. but he was kind of doing a lot more talking and interacting specific to the guests that were walking in front of him. I don't know mm-hmm. if that was just like when I was there, but we kind of stayed around for a little bit and that's kind of what he was doing. So um, I know last time when he was singing, it kind of really made a lot of people stick around and uh, yeah. they kind of want people to walk through, you know what I mean? So that kind of makes sense. There's a yeah. little change in that because of that. Um, <clears throat> so I got um, a question. Yeah, absolutely. Um, no, yeah, go ahead. So, all right. So the, the villains grove. I've watched a bunch of videos. 
There's a bunch of hype behind it. I want to know what is it. What is it that draws people to that? Because for me, I've watched it. I've, I've on every year on YouTube, stuff like that. But I don't see the big draw to it. Do you? Would you say it's one of those things? It's way better in person, or or what's your what's your opinion on the villains' growth? Because from the views of it, for me, I'm not sold. But also at the same time, I'm also the undisputed host, so therefore I'm always negative. So. <laughs> um. I mean, there's a little bit of both to what you said, right? Um, I definitely feel like it's uh, sort of like a one and done thing. Like you don't really need to experience it every year. I always do just to kind of say I did it and then see if anything's different. Uh, but I think the experience and what they came up with is so unique, right? It's so mm-hmm. special to just this event. I mean, Disney's never really done anything like this, at least at Disneyland Resort or even at Walt Disney World. And it's just like this, um, you know, sort of almost spookyish walkthrough, like kind of maze experience. Uh, and the, far- the first time I experienced it, um, having gone in blind and not really knowing, you know, we were told that it was going to be like you're walking through like a mystical world where the, the villains had been there um, and they left a little bit of their essence behind. And that's so you're kind of trying to walk through figuring out which villains, which based on the stuff that you're walking through. So um, it made it really cool the first time uh, to kind of walk through and experience it. I think it's very immersive and uh, a lot of stuff doesn't come up on camera. Like when they do the, like the laser projections and stuff in the trees, Um, it's really immersive when you're walking underneath it. But when you see it on camera, it kind of looks lackluster. Gotcha. Okay. And there's there's characters in there as well, or is, or is that just a, a trail? That's just no no characters at all. It's just like the like the echoes of their voices. It's gotcha. like okay. it's like the character was there and they were so powerful that when they left, they left like a part of themselves, like an echo of themselves. And so you know you've got like uh, Maleficent, like you hear her laugh, and then That's you hear cool. you hear crows, and then you see like the vines, the green vines growing everywhere, and then. Uh, like in the Frollo section, when you first walk in, like you see, you know, broken stained glass and fire burning in the trees and you hear his like kind of evil laugh in the distance. So it's all, you kind of just leads you through and it's got a very spooky vibe the whole time, but it's not too spooky most of the time for, for kids. Um, but it's just spooky enough to where it very feels very much feels like Halloween. Right. And there's not like any like jumps or anything like like jump scares or anything like they do, do they do any of that kind of stuff there? Uh, there's a there's I mean I guess you could kind of say it um, like in the scar segment um, they have geysers because you're supposed to be like mm-hmm. in the, like the mm-hmm. lava area where scars at right so they have guys they have steam geysers um, and they go off and they're pretty loud when they go off right and it's kind of and they're kind of like hidden so that can kind of little cause a little bit of jump scare and then the very Last segment before you go in through um, the wisps and like final finale part, um, you you're in the essence of like the the evil queen from Snow White, so and uh, she does her really loud wicked laugh, and at the same time, uh, there's a thunder and lightning strike in the trees, and and a lot of times, I mean, never fails every single year. When you're in that segment and you're walking out, there's always a kid right there that's crying. <laughs> so yeah, that makes sense. It's probably scary enough for them to where they don't like that. So I think it was I, I I've watched so many and listened to so many different things, but I think it was you that said that 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 isn't that right up against the hotel. 
It is. Yeah. It's like right underneath some of the really expensive rooms too. That's crazy. So that's, yeah. but it only goes like 11, right? So it's not that late. Well, the event ends at 11, but the queue it uh, probably yeah, still has about a 30 to 45 minute wait by the time the event stops. I guess you got to deal with that. I, I will say this. I stayed at the Grand California once and I literally was in a room where I looked, I stood on my balcony and you could see the um, Soren um, building. And then literally the, the um, I can't think of it right now, the bear, the Grizzly River, River run was literally, that, that was my view where the monorail went by right in front of us. All night long, they tested Grizzly River run. And you just hear, ah, 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 roll number four. And then like, and they were literally all night long, they were running. You could hear them running the tracks. And like, that was interesting. I thought it was interesting if you're paying that much, you know, for a room. But I guess you got to do maintenance sometimes. So you really can't, you, you can't complain. I stood out there for an hour and I watched them basically like wash off the sidewalks. It was kind of cool just to see what happens at night too. So. I was going to say, I think, but for a lot of fans that go to Disneyland, those are the rooms that they want. I love it. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But it's, I was say, it's, not many people are going there for the R and R that you go, to, like say yeah. an island and get sleep. You go to that. There's a. I want to say there's a Disney thing of called Disney R and R, where it's you know you you're know, putting so. ten miles on your feet each day, and that's the most relaxing thing you can do for a weekend. But yeah. then you come home on Tuesday and you're like, "What did I just do?" So yeah, it's sure. an odd type of R and R that Disney fans seek. Yeah, absolutely. Um, back to Oogie Boogie. Um, they don't do World of Color for this, right? Yeah, they had a World of Color show the first year um, in 2019. Um, it was pretty bad. It was uh, okay. <laughs> not not going to mince any words. It was called World of Color Villainous, and it was probably the most boring World of Color I've ever seen. Okay. Um, and they probably thought so too because they never brought it back. So, <laughs> and they uh, they do the the parade now, right? Yeah, they've always had the Frightfully Fun Parade. Uh, when they brought it over, I feel like they had some changes to it the first year, um, but it's it's remained unchanged. So a lot of people are kind of, you know, uh, more on that, I guess you could say. A lot of people kind of give Oogie Boogie Bash, at least that are regulars, that go to Disneyland every year to go to, to, go to these Halloween parties every year. Um, you know, when they go to these After Dark events, they usually expect something new. Yeah, and um, and Oogie Boogie Bash really doesn't offer anything new other than just a couple new villains, maybe two or three new villains replacing older villains that were there, and um, and for some people that's not a big deal. Like they are big on tradition, especially when it comes right. to visiting a Disney park. And if you think about the Magic Kingdom, right? They've never really changed the very merry or the not so scary Halloween party. Uh, you know, with with a few exceptions, like adding the Hocus Pocus show, stuff like that. Um, but for the most part, it remains unchanged. And some people like that. They don't. They want to come back every sure. year. They got tradition. They, but I feel like the Disneyland crowd's a little different in the sense that it's more locals, and they're trying to always find something new all the time. I don't so, know. It still sells out like in four hours. So. I know. <laughs> so there's people that like. There's people like in Lewis's boat that say, you know. I don't really get the hype around like villains Grove. Like once you've done it once, like it, you don't want to do it again. And, and I get that to a point, like I don't really, um, you know, if I wasn't able to have fit villains Grove in this last time, mm-hmm. I probably wouldn't have done it. But since I was trying to make a guide video, I really wanted to try to experience everything I could. And, uh, but I feel like if I was just visiting for like normal, I probably wouldn't go to villains Grove since I've already experienced it. And I know that they didn't change it. Um, there's, 
it seems like it's, it'd be pretty easy to change out the villains that they're featuring inside Villains Grove each yeah. year to kind of make it different. Um, I feel like this, the fact that it's been the same exact one every single year. Um, but like you said, it keeps selling out. A lot of people still haven't experienced it. A lot of people this year had their first time ever doing it. That's cool. So I guess there's maybe both sides to it. I don't think it's not fun. I really love the party, and I think it's probably one of the, the better – after dark events period ever but um you know if you're if you're looking for something new every single year like oogie boogie bash is probably not going to be that okay um the two new characters this year the two new the two new villains i cannot think of the character from big hero six what's his name um yokai from big hero six and then you also had um i I forgot his name too yeah from man judge dude right is yeah, Judge Doom. Yeah, I'm like, but um, did you have a chance to see those? I did. Yeah, I saw um, Judge Doom first, and um, it's really cool. They the the set that they had built for him is um looks very much like the set the set and scenery in the movie. Yeah, um, and they even recreate a famous scene from the movie where he you know kills the 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 tune shoe. That's to give an cool. example of, of what his dip does to tunes because uh, he found a way to kill tunes. Right. So um, it was a, a pretty cool scene to recreate. Definitely a scary scene. Right. right. So some kids might find that scary, but um, Yokai, uh, honestly, he was, he was pretty, I mean, it was pretty cool to see Yokai like in a talking interaction. Right. Um, I think we had him in villains, uh, villains night one of these nights and um but he kind of wasn't uh like he wasn't in a talking scenario who just kind of like ominously looking down at people like greeting mm-hmm. taking photos so this time he had his voice and he was like you know speaking about hero and and baymax and stuff so it was you know interacting with guests uh and then they had his like nanobots um like the sound effects of his nanobots kind of like all throughout San Francisco square so when you're walking through you'd kind of like hear him in the corner or something Almost like they're, you know, all over the whole San Francisco area. Nice. I, I, I get to see that too. I'm excited to see that when I, when, when I go down. Yeah. I, I, so I have much. a question though with Dr. Doom or yeah, no, Judge, Judge Doom. Doom. Not Dr. Doom. Dr. Judge Doom. Doom. I'm curious though, like, what, what, how would you feel? And, and, and I was thinking about this. How would you feel they did not bring back Judge Doom next year? Because I, I feel like some of the villains, you, you almost create that, um, FOMO in a way where it's like next year he's not there because I, I thought Ernesto de la Cruz was so cool that it would have been cool to see the following year he's not there like some of these like home run villains like hey you bring them out every so often because I feel like Judge Doom that's such an elaborate set and I think it can grow old way too fast like if you do it next year so how would you feel if like next year Judge Doom did not make an appearance and you got another archived villain that they revamped or brought back that they haven't brought into the the picture yet. Yeah, I think there's a lot of potential for a bunch of other different villains. Um, I, I didn't really see the need for them to bring back Madame Mim. I mean, um, I think half the time the people that were working the area around Madame Mim had to explain to people who Madame Mim even was. <laughs> So um, I think there's probably a lot of that too with uh, Judge Doom, but I think more so in the sense that he was talking about Roger Rabbit a lot. Right. So it kind of made more sense. Madam Mim, 
uh, it's more obscure, you know? <laughs> so that one was, uh, I was, I was intrigued that they, not only did they bring her back, but they put her in a very prominent location this time around. Um, so that was interesting. And, uh, but yeah, I, I agree with Lewis. I feel like, uh, judge doom like they could take him away and bring someone else there's so many different villains i was honestly shocked they didn't do vanessa this year i, I like put big money that they were going to do vanessa mm-hmm. and, uh and they ended up doing it so that was yeah, ju- judge doom was a huge i mean i saw justin scarred's video he he loved it so much he went he went through it twice he loved yeah. it so much you know but yeah it's that whole idea is cool um I do enjoy that Why they're is going Wanda into the archive. That'd be the best thing ever. Who? Wanda. What do you mean? Who? Wanda. My favorite. Well, right now they have Agatha. That's the villain yeah. in Marvel's name. Wanda yeah. was there. Uh, she was just like meeting and greeting like a normal character. Oh, well, that's lucky. Lucky all of you. That's yeah. Best. yeah. <laughs> She's my favorite. Her and Deadpool are my absolute favorite characters. Um, let me ask you this. Oogie Boogie Bash and to the party they had before at Disneyland, which one was better? Uh, easily Mickey's Halloween party, like with, without a doubt. I would love for Mickey's Halloween party to come back. Uh, you just can't beat the vibes of being yeah. inside Disneyland when you're Haunted having – Haunted Mansion, yeah. Haunted Mansion holiday, the fireworks show to end the night. Uh, Oogie Boogie Bash is a great party. Like I said, it's so much fun, and you totally don't have enough time to do everything that's there. Um, but truly it would, it, the thing it's missing is some sort of big entertainment to like cap the night off. The parade mm-hmm. just isn't quite that. Um, and so world of color could have been that, but they've never decided to kind of recreate a different version of the show. Right. Um, so that would have been cool if they did. Um, but like when you're in Mickey's Halloween party, I mean, you've got low lying fog on the rivers of America with the Columbia parked like this pirate ship in the fog and, you know, you've the got cadaver dance. Cadaver dance. We had the the haunted mansion. Um, Constance Hatchaway out front of the mansion greeting <laughs> guests. We had Sally Slater greeting guests. We had cool projections on the castle, and uh, you know, really awesome treat trails and the location. And Disneyland just in part, really big parts of it are spooky enough with just the lights on. Sure. Sure. So (laughs) I don't know if you've said in in any of your videos or anything, but legit, do you think it's logistics is why they don't do it there anymore? Or they just did something different. Uh, I think, you know, and the, I think they, Disney just really wants to, they definitely wanted to do something different, but I think they also want um, a healthy mix of um, getting people to spend money over at Disney California adventure and also Disneyland. Um, I think the logistics, uh, you know, as far as Disneyland Resort, um, Halloween time has quickly become literally the busiest time at Disneyland yeah. Resort. I can't even think of a busier time. I think it's busier than Christmas. I think it's a hundred times busier than the holiday season. Or, I mean, the the summer season. Um, and that it was that way when I was working there too. So it was quickly becoming the busiest time at Disneyland. And uh, I think the logistics of of you know, telling a guest who's paying top dollar to visit Disneyland that Disneyland is closing early at 6 p.m. That makes sense too. It's yeah. a lot harder to, yeah. to to bite off than uh, than California Adventure closing early. And then, of course, too, I'm sure Disney makes a lot more money at these events when they can sell alcohol. That's fair. Yeah. So. No, don't even get us. Don't get. Don't get it. Don't get Lewis started on that. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I I am curious to, to know was. 
Mickey's Not So Scary Party selling out as quick as Oogie Boogie has been. Because Oogie's Boogie's has only been going on. It's, it's been going on for a little while, but not that long. So I'm curious if that's why Oogie Boogie is selling out because it's still in this like fresh zone, kind of like Rise of the Resistance is still 45 minutes or higher all the time. I wonder if Oogie Boogie's is that because it's still considered fairly new next to Mickey's Not So Scary Halloween Party where I don't want to say it was dated, but they weren't being the whole new villains, it was almost very repetitive. Like, like Oogie Boogie, we were just saying, has become in a way. So I wonder if Oogie Boogie evolves into something else. Do they get a new new host, not Oogie Boogie, where it's somebody else's bash, you know? I'm curious if that would ever come to surface because I would love to see the numbers, what Mickey's not-so-scary Halloween party was before yeah. it transferred over. Yeah, they, they had, they've kind of bounced back and forth a couple times. They had... um like a Mickey's trick or treat. I think it was called or something like that. That was at DCA before too, like right when it was still brand new. Um, and then they had, uh, you know, Mickey's Halloween party at Disneyland and then Oogie Boogie bash. So I, I felt like, uh, the, it's so, it's so crazy because like pre pandemic prices were so much cheaper. Right. And, uh, and like Mickey's Halloween party, they had, they still had, um, like annual pass holder days, so like they had days where um, the annual pass holders could go like on typically on like a weekday um, to the party and it was like discounted and and those tickets were like fifty nine sixty seven dollars. <laughs> so Oogie Boogie is like almost two hundred dollars. Uh, so it's it's pretty expensive. Um, but I feel like it sold out. I don't necessarily know that it sold out as much. Um, it definitely sold out, but I don't know if it sold out as quickly as what I was trying to say. Um, but I feel like Oogie Boogie, like Lewis was saying, kind of does a really good job of creating that fear of missing out. People yeah. have seen it and they're like, oh man, this is something you can't really experience uh, in a normal time. Like I have to do this. So I'm going to ask you a question because you are, you, you would be considered an, an influencer um, YouTube person. Do you think it sells out so much quicker now because a lot of the influencers, those people need to get in there to make their content to further channels? Is, is, does that make sense when I'm asking you? Do you think like a lot of the people do that because they know I got to get it? I got like you said, you want you went this time because you wanted to do a how to video. So do you think that has a bearing on why it's selling out quicker than say in the past when the influencer wasn't as big a thing? Well, I don't know because uh, <clears throat> I feel like I hope that I made have- sense. <laughs> I went on opening night and um, I didn't feel like the crowds were that bad for it. And then I was at the parks yesterday um, and it was, a, it's a party night because party nights are on Sunday. So mm-hmm. keep in mind, Sean, when you're there this weekend, it'll be on Sunday. <laughs> well, I'm leaving probably two or three in the afternoon oh, okay. on, Sunday. On, on Sunday. I'll be heading. heading but uh, I have never seen a bigger crowd going into Oogie Boogie Bash. Like the entire Esplanade was full all the way back to Disneyland. Jeez. In. And for me, it wasn't like that at all. Like I just waltzed right on in. So I feel like all the people that want to get their content and film it, they go on the first night and that right. night wasn't really all that packed. Well, but then good. the other nights are, are more packed. And then my friend asked me, they're like, I wonder if Disney does that on purpose. They make the night that they know all the people that are going to film it less crowded. And then the other nights they're jam packed. Sure. Sure. No, I get it. Lewis, do you have anything else you want to touch on before we move on? 
Absolutely. So I, I, it's more of a, a, a armchair Imagineer question. If you can see one big change coming to Oogie Boogie in the next five years, what would it be and why? Um, it would be for it to go away and turn into Mickey's Halloween party again. <laughs> oh, wow. I was not expecting that. I, that's exactly yeah. what I thought you were going to say. Move it to Disneyland. <laughs> yeah, move it to Disneyland and turn back to Mickey's Halloween party. <laughs> Man, okay. So you're that big of a fan of the Mickey's Halloween party. So you're yeah, just, you can't yeah. you can't beat a Halloween party inside Disneyland with the fireworks show. It's been what four years? Four or yep. five years? Yeah. So because I do remember seeing the videos, those cadaver dance on the boats and the music and the ship just sitting there looking all badass. You can't go wrong with that. Like you said. There's not a lot to do at Disneyland to make it scary. Yeah. And Haunted Mansion Holiday. Yeah. Correct me yeah. if I'm wrong. Halloween was very important to Walt, right? It was. A, it wasn't he very supportive. Was it Halloween? Was it Halloween or Christmas? He was like really. Well, I know Christmas he was because he was big. It, it he was, was Christmas. Big, he was a big fan of Toys for Tots and stuff like that. Yeah, I remember because someone told us. I think on, our, on when I did the VIP tour, and I cannot remember which holiday it was, but like you know, Anaheim would like celebrate like all like for like months and say, "Coming up to Disneyland this this season." I cannot remember which one it was, but yeah, Oogie Boogie Bash. Danny says bring back Mickey's Mickey's Hall- Halloween party instead. But you still had a good time though. Yeah, I had a great time. Good. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to talk about Tiana's because I'm going to be at Tiana's on Wednesday. So um, overall thoughts of Tiana's place. I know I, you had said that it's kind of just a glory. It's a, it's a revamp of, of the French market, right? Mm-hmm. Um, they dressed it up. They put some, they put a few, some people were complaining that they didn't do enough, you know, but they put like a few, a few Lewis complains about everything, but, it's okay. <laughs> but um, that's why we love him. And it makes it in it. Uh, but um you know, just a few nods to Tiana. You know, you, you walk in there, have their coats and stuff hanging up there, and the recipes are on the wall. Well, let's start with that before we get into the food. What was your overall thought of walking in, looking at it, going to the park all the time? What did you think of it? Um, there, it's it was a tricky. It was sort of a tricky Im- implementation from Imagineering, right? Uh, New Orleans Square is very like like steeped very deep in like the Disneyland history um, mm-hmm. aspect, you know, Walt Disney had a big part about, you know, New Orleans square. Like that was like a, a big project of his as was club 33. And, you know, the, the jazz lounge that sits above Tiana's palace, like that he never got to see, see Bill. Right. So right. Um, the, like they had to do the best they could to make what we would think Tiana's palace would look like. Uh, but also not go more too too over the fact that the that this is New Orleans Square. Mm-hmm. Um, do they do a good job? You think? Yeah, I think so. As far as decor and the way that the theming is, um, it it looks very similar to the rest of the stuff that's there. With you know, with the exception of the steamboat stacks and all that. But right. you know, that's part of the theming of uh, of Tiana's Palace. But they did a really good job of uh, incorporating like authentic New Orleans style cuisine um, and using like authentic New Orleans uh, ingredients. Uh, I like the recipe card idea around the menu because they, a lot of people don't, you know, New Orleans style cuisine isn't something that people regularly have, right? Or people maybe have never even tried it. I traveling I, from another country. That's me. I am. I'm not a spicy food person, so I'm nervous because I've been watching all these videos. I'm like, shit. Can I even eat any of this stuff? Because I, I, I'm like, yeah, ranch so, dressing and spicy food. I hate. Yeah. So, so like, just- 
So like each of the recipe things kind of breaks down what's in it and then explains like why it's used and why it's important to New Orleans, like the, like the chicory coffee and like why, why the, like, why is that important to New Orleans and, mm-hmm. and like how it's, so I think it was cool because people will like, we may see that and be like, what's a chicory cold brew. I don't even know what that is. And so like, they may not know and they explain it. I think that kind of adds to the storytelling of it all. Um, but truly they all, caffeine. they all tr- truly like play into the, the storyline of like what they're trying to set in motion for Tiana's Bayou adventure. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, she, she's got her restaurant, right. And the restaurant uh, last we saw Tiana in the movie, she opened a restaurant and it was, you know, had a great grand opening moment kind of thing. Well, we fast forwarded in history. Her restaurant was a success so much so that she started a, her own company called Tiana's foods. Uh, which is um, she's now then looked for a, a headquarters for her corporation and she bought an abandoned salt mine, which is splash mountain. Right. Totally and, makes sense. Yeah. So they've got, and then they've got her mom's shop down the street uh, called Eudora chic boutique. That's right next door to the restaurant. It's also featuring Tiana's foods. So it sells her food ingredients, but also has her mom's like, sewing you know the the dresses and stuff that they sell at disneyland they make it seem like that's you know her mom's sewing Mm -hmm. so it's like she's got a sewing room in there and if you you can listen to her mom talking into the the room and they're talking about the mardi gras celebration so it all brings the ride together so i get why they did it and i feel like too with tiana's palace almost every single person who saw tiana's uh the princess and the frog movie were like man they should really make tiana's palace at disneyland because it has new orleans like everyone's been saying that since like the beginning. So it's uh I feel like it was a good fit overall. And the menu's really good. I don't necessarily know that it's one that I would frequent all the time just mm-hmm. because um like that's not kind of the style of food I always want to eat when I go to Disneyland, but it was a great treat to have every once in a while. Now let's talk about the beignet, because was it you that said Mondo was it this Mondo the one that did not like it at all? Uh I couldn't eat it because it's got cream and stuff, so I okay. can't have I can't have any of that, but Mondo tried it and he did not like it at all. Like, would you say like zero fires or one fire or something like yeah, that? Yeah, he gave it like he didn't want to rate it at all. He was just like it's zero. <laughs> Dang. So it is pretty. It's almost like it's like over five dollars for one beignet. Dang. Uh, and it's it's got like a lemon pie filling inside of it well, that uh, with really like a lemon sweet. glaze on the outside. Um, but right next door, still a part of the same building, you can get a three pack of beignets for almost the same price. So <laughs> um, I think, uh, it's better offer. <laughs> so did you try the coffee, the cold brew? No, no, because it's also full of cream. Cream. Okay. Gotcha. Okay. <laughs> Danny can't have cream. Okay. We got I this. Can't. Uh, okay. I can't have a, I'm, I'm allergic to dairy. So we got, I got friends are going that drink coffee. So I'm like, do I get this? And do we try this? But, um, I've heard it was pretty good from what people have said, but um, give me like three. Did you eat everything there? Did you go for the, the, the oh, you did, you went a couple days later, right? Cause you yep. were, okay. So you went mm-hmm. on the Saturday. So um, three things that, did you try all the stuff or did you just try a few things? Or? I tried a few things. Uh, the standouts, the muffaletta sandwich. I was going to ask you about that. Uh, I love that kind of super, stuff. super good. Uh, you got to like olives, oh. but um, it's really, really good. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, oh, oh. oh I mean, really? a muffaletta is basically like themed around olives. Okay, so. well, I didn't know that. So I'm, <laughs> I'm out. I'm out on that. Olives uh, Ranch and 
spicy stuff. So yeah. Yeah. So maybe not the muffaletta for you then, because uh, it's got tapenade on it, which is like you know an olive spread. Oh. So um, then you liked it so good. I'm glad you liked it. So uh, yeah, it was really really good and very delicious. They the but everyone was talking about the gumbo, right? Tiana's dad's a recipe gumbo mm-hmm. that's like famous from in the movie. Like that's there. Um, everyone loves the gumbo. I haven't heard anyone say anything bad about it, but you got to pair it with the cornbread. Oh, I've heard so, the cornbread's amazing. Yeah. And the cornbread was running out very oh. consistently. So, so did you have the, did you have the gumbo with or without the sausage? Um, I think Mondo got it with the chicken and the sausage. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. They had like a vegan one or like a vegetarian right. one. Uh, that just had like vegetables and then they, um, they also had like a po' boy, like a beef po' boy. Food at Disneyland, try that. Mm-hmm. He, didn't, he didn't really like that. that okay. One. But he really liked the other ones. What did you try that you liked? Muffaletta, gumbo, uh, the uh, cornbread, and um, the chicken. That sucks if the cornbread runs out. I'm going to have to get there and get some, give me some cornbread. That's that's important. <laughs> um. Hey, sounds uh, to be rope dropping for cornbread. I'm gonna <laughs> try to figure out what day that's gonna fit in because I got reservations here and there and blah blah blah. But hey, I'm not gonna lie, I wrote I wrote the last year for D23, I wrote dropped three days in a row for those breakfast chimichangas. So <laughs> I can't say anything. I know one day we're rope dropping for the um I can't think of it now, the Ronto wrap. That's gotta happen because it's just so good. So yeah. <laughs> um I wish you had an option to like can I get like if they had like a plan for like Two Ronto wraps because, like, sometimes like, I'll finish the first one. I'm like, it was so good that I already want another one. Yes. But it's like, you know, like a combo for two. Like, yeah, like a, like a buy one, get one half off or something. Yeah. Cause yeah. Like, they, they are good. I'll give you that, but they are not anywhere near feeling in like an hour and a half. I'm like, yeah, yeah. I'm hungry again. So, Danny, Tiana's Palace, um, one to 10, what would you rank it? I mean, overall, food, atmosphere, everything. Uh, I give it a big eight, eight okay. out of 10. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, anything you could like Lewis asked earlier about Boogie Boogie, anything you'd like to see him do differently? Um, knock it, knock it down and make it something else. I mean, I'm just, no. <laughs> <laughs> just keep to your, tra- your, your report card. Um, no, they re- made some really great changes. Like the, the mint julep window, at the back, um, it, it was uh, heavily impacted. People love the beignets, right? Mm-hmm. They built a like an actual hard um, queue for the beignet location, um, took a little bit of the dining space away, but gave it to a very much needed queue for that location, and it really does help. So that was a great change. Um, they added the mobile order window, which I thought was awesome. Uh, and they have kind of like their own dining section for picking up mobile order. So okay. that was a great change. So I feel like everything they did was pretty awesome. Um, interior wise, they didn't change the layout of the restaurant, which really worked because the two lines really helped keep everything moving. Um, so that, that kind of worked the way it was. Um, I think the only thing maybe I would, I would say would be, um, to add more dining space. But I think they're going to be doing that, right? With this whole change we're going to be seeing coming to that space in between yep. this restaurant and the Haunted Mansion, yep. they're going to be adding more dining space. So I think they're kind of already thinking that themselves. So I want to talk about that next month when you're on, right before Halloween. I want to talk about that, uh, the, okay. Haunted Mansion, the Haunted Mansion stuff. But um, Lewis, any more questions about Tiana? I was going to ask, did you ever try the banana beignets? 
No, I've uh, I had bubblegum beignets though on nineties night. <laughs> oh, the banana beignets! I could have I could have like murdered a whole paycheck there. Those things are so. That sounds, that sounds amazing, actually. Yeah, I mean, it is like a cream base. So I don't know if you could have it, but oh man, it was. I was sitting there like I need more. I had like, that sound really good. Yeah, I was in the line of Haunted Mansion looking like cocaine bear. It was just all over my beard and face. <laughs> I was murdering those. Beyond, uh, bananas are good with anything. So that, that's that's okay. So since you mentioned bears, really quick before we go on to Disneyland Forward, um, let's talk about what happened today at Walt Disney World. Really quick, um, bear gets caught in the in the uh, in a tree, not caught in a tree, but went up a tree behind. I'm not familiar with the area there, but behind, I guess, Big Thunder Mountain, just bear decides to go up in a tree. And Hold um, on. I was behind I, Big Thunder. Yeah, where they're going to build a. Oh, land. so we now know what's behind Big Thunder Mountain. It's a bear cave. Okay. I cannot think of the guy's name right now, but he does a DSNY newscast. Uh, what's his name? What is uh, Jack. J- Jack posted a thing on, on Twitter X, and it said, uh, Churro Bear. And it showed it was the cocaine bear, but it showed churros instead of, of cocaine. So hilarious. But he just wanted a churro. That's it. But, um, yeah, it's, thoughts on that? That's just funny to me. I don't know I mean, that. They announced changes to the country bears, and there must be an open That's uh, all, I, open call. Like, here we go. At first, I thought it was a joke, and then Airbnb made a post saying this is fake, and then all of a sudden, Scott Gustin and Blog Mickey and everyone else to say, no, 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 this is real. And then the the, seat, the the Florida Wildlife Commission said, no, there's a bear there. How does a bear, for one, get into get into Walt Disney World? I was just going to say, how does a bear <laughs> sneak in, but we can't sneak in? Like, come on. Now. How does no one see this, Danny? I didn't even know before this morning that there were bears in Florida. I was, that's what I'm thinking. I'm like, that's why I thought it was fake. I'm like, there's no, uh, there's no mountains in Florida. It's yeah. the, it's the flattest state in the United States, I think tied with Kansas. So uh, I was like, where do bears live? I guess they I, just live in trees. Maybe? Do they have bears yeah. in animal kingdom. I was going to say, I don't know. Do they have bears in animal kingdom? Because I don't know if that's a thing or not. Did it get out? And how far away it's is like that? One the other park. They pay better. Yeah. How far away is that from Walt? Do they have bears they, there? They don't have bears. So this bear came literally from like, like from like North Carolina or something, and just chilled on down to Orlando. That's first thing I said. How the hell does a bear get to Florida, and why? Yeah, <laughs> it did. It did not make sense to me. I, I didn't know that bears before this morning. I didn't know that they had bears in Florida. I knew they had like wild cats and stuff like that. Yeah, but I, didn't, I didn't know. Uh, and of course, gators, right? But I didn't think right. uh, I didn't think they had bears. My question is, how long was it really there? Because if someone just maybe just noticed it, I mean, was it there? Was it like living there for a while? And was it like rolling around the park at night eating, and then you know got caught going back up into its home? But that that was my first thing. I'm like, how? There's no way because I live in Oregon, which I mean, there's bears back here behind our dealership. We there's a mama bear that had a baby back here and we go back and like stand and look far away, literally like 200 yards away and deer and all everything. But California, there's, there's, there's mountains. Cause I've seen them in, in California, but um, Florida, same thing. Danny said, Florida, how and why, how did a bear get to Florida? I, th- yeah. I want answers. <laughs> I want it too. <laughs> yeah, we all do. It sounds it's like, not- they, sounds like they got rid of it pretty, not got rid of it, but I, I'm assuming that they darted it because they said that they were taking it out. They probably just walk up to it and take it. I mean, they probably had to, you know, not, not euthanize, not, not euthanize it, but um, sleeping, you know, what am I trying to say here? 
Yeah. Tranquilizer. Sorry. Oh. Yeah, I was gonna say tranquilizer dart. Yeah, because then they they said they took it out and they took it to a different place. Where? Where did you take it? Animal Kingdom, Georgia. I mean, did you Watch. take it they're out gonna, of the state? They're going to announce it at the fourth fourth quarter earnings call in in <laughs> November of 2024. We'll have our new our first ever bear exhibit at Animal Kingdom. Yep. That bears uh getting ready for Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey two. Blood and Honey two. Which Lewis, in the park. Lewis watched Blood and Honey. Did you watch Blood and Honey? Absolutely not. No. <laughs> it is the most. It is the it is the most cheesiest, corniest, greatest B horror <laughs> film of all time. Like, um, it, did you watch Cocaine Bear? Because I did. It's probably I have. I, I don't want to watch that one, but oh, I haven't man. yet. Oh man, but, it's it's bad too. Sorry. The only reason why I watched Blood and Honey was because there's been leaked footage of or images of Tigger for. Blood and Honey 2, and I'm like, oh, good. I was like, you know what? I want to watch this. So me and a buddy, before he took off to, to Philadelphia, we stayed up late. We watched Blood and Honey, and it's only like an hour and 22 minutes, and it is the most cheesiest, corniest, amazing movie of all time. Like, it I, may is have just, to, I, I may have to watch it just because of that. We found ourselves laughing more <laughs> than actually, yeah. like, any type of scariness. That's how I was with cocaine bear. I'm like, did that just happen? That didn't just happen. Come on. All right, we're we're getting off topic here. Let's talk about <laughs> Disneyland forward. Um, this is the big plan going forward with Disneyland. Um, I just want to get you guys' thoughts on it. Me and Lewis talked a little bit before. So, if you don't know, Disneyland Forward is a project that Disneyland is trying to rezone space around Disneyland because there is literally no more space around the Disneyland resort to actually increase or do anything extra. So now they're talking about taking over parking lots to create more, to create more attractions, more fun. Um, I, I, I like the idea of I, the original idea of moving over across behind DCA where you have be, around the Pixar hotel and then yeah. moving, moving around the Disneyland hotel and then making those extensions of Disneyland and DCA. Um, Moving I, so this the, the Disneyland has to propose everything to the city. The city has to approve it. This is going to be a project that's going to take years and years and years. I heard someone say twenty forty, by when it might actually be done. That might be wrong. What I heard, but I know that they've mm-hmm. taken some steps forward this weekend. Didn't they, they? So they proposed some stuff to this to the city of how it's not going to impact the neighborhood behind the parking lots. Also, there's talk of making the Toy Story parking lot a third gate. Um, is that is that true, Danny? Have you heard that? I, I don't know. I, I think the thing that's kind of crazy about all the people online that post content, the bloggers and, you know, TikTok creators, especially. Right. They, that's TikTok why I think I heard, saw, I saw was the, the Toy Story thing. But yeah, I think the TikTok creators, they love to just post stuff because it really gets people to watch and, you know, interact with their content. But I think the thing that's the thing that's uh, the big, you know, the people throughout these dates, like, oh, 20, 40 years, all Disney has shared with us about this project is that it's just a rezoning and it and it's space um, that they would like to have to carry Disneyland Resort with new you know new expansion possibilities for the next 30 years. Okay. They didn't say they didn't say that they literally want to fill every single spot of this space with theme park land and it's going to take 30 40 years. They just want to have the option to expand the parks with new rides, new attractions, new lands. Um for the next 30 years, because right now in the next 30 years, if they don't have that space, they just have to repurpose what they've already got, which means taking away rides. People maybe really like 
reimagining things, kind of like what we're getting over in Animal Kingdom a little bit with mm-hmm. what they proposed for Disney's Animal Kingdom. But, um, you know, I don't, I don't even know. I've known nothing about city zoning, right? Right. <laughs> I don't even know how often that happens, and like when they rezone things. But essentially, um, what is the Simba parking lot? So the parking lot to the left of Disney's Paradise Pier Hotel, which is where you park if you want to visit Downtown Disney just for the day. Um, and the former downtown Disney parking lot on the opposite side of the Paradise Pier Hotel, mm-hmm. um, and also all the, ho- the the hotel parking lots in front of the Disneyland Hotel. Um, those are those are two spaces that Disney would like to have the city rezone and re recognize as a space they can use for theme parks, right? Because right now they own this land, they can build on this land, they can do whatever they want on this land as long as it's not theme park use, right? Uh, because it's so close to homes Mm -hmm. and uh, you know, people might say, Oh, well, you know, the Disneyland was there first. That may be true, but were those homes and apartments and everything were built many, many years ago, like way, like when Disneyland was brand new, um, the theme park wasn't anywhere even close to that place. So, you know, for the theme park to get closer to it, um, it's, it's a rezoning, right? So basically Disney's like, Hey, um, city, we, we want you to be able to rezone this space um, and let us use this land for theme park use. And in return, if you do that, um, oh, oh, and they're saying, oh, and by the way, um, when, if you do a rezone this space, we're going to give us, we're going to give ourselves these really strict rules that we have to follow mm-hmm. um, that you as a community have helped build and create alongside of us so that it makes the way that we use this space for theme parks uh, fit with the rules you're trying to give us so that we're complying in every step of the way with what you want, but also at the same time getting what we want, which is expansion to sure. The land. So when when we first went to some of the planning, you know, meetings about this, uh, that they were the community meetings, right? They wanted to make it sure that make it known that like um, there there would never be a nighttime spectacular or any type of spectacular nighttime show that would create sound in any of those spaces. So we're not, immediately knock off like a world of color type of situation. Right. Um, they also said that there would never be an outdoor attraction in the likes of. California Screaming or Incredicoaster, whatever you want to call it, um, in that space because it's too close to homes. They would never sure. do. Sure. An- another rule they're <clears throat> giving to themselves is that um, anything that they build in a grand scale in those spaces um, would have to be finished on all sides. So the perfect example of this would be like if you've ever seen the backside of Expedition Everest in Disney's Animal Kingdom. Uh, it's completely unfinished and it's like a building and it looks really not so great from the backside, but not everyone sees the backside of it because there's a very rare instances you go back there. Mm -hmm. Um, Also another thing you might think of both of you guys having gone there, um, the backside of cars land is really terrible as well too. Yeah. So they're saying they wouldn't do that. They're saying that if they built something that's of that scale in cars of like cars land, that they, it would have to be, finished on all sides so that it's themed fully 360. And I think the best example of this is, is if all those neighborhoods that are on that street, because the street that runs along 
the all those parking lots that are there that Disney owns is called Walnut Street and it's or Walnut Avenue I think um or I don't even know if it's street or avenue but Walnut something and uh it's just a small little like two lanes on either side road with like a median down the middle that has trees and there's like literal single family homes on that street like right. literally on that street facing Disneyland so these would be like uh, the theme park literally be like steps away from their house if there was a theme park built there. Um, so That'd be crazy. That'd be I know crazy. it would be <laughs> it'd be wild. So, um, but currently the parking structures sit on that street, right? The the Pixar one and the Mickey and Friends one. Right. Um, but the way that Disney did it on that street is if you're in the perspective of standing on that street or in those homes looking at the parking structures you would think that those parking structures were office buildings with really nice garden planners growing off of it. And uh, I, I think that's, that's an example of what we can expect to see. Like they put these glass details in on that side, the sides that face the homes mm-hmm. so that it looks, it literally looks like an office building with windows. So if you've ever been in Mickey and friends, you've seen like the glass panels on the inside that face the other way. Well, that's because on the other side, it gives the, it gives the perception that you're looking at an office building with like really nice planters growing on it. So truly when you're in the, in those neighborhoods and you're looking over towards the structure, unless you look at the very, very top of it where you can sometimes see cars driving (laughs) on the top, um, you would never know it's a structure. It just looks like an office building. And I think I'd realized that because I last time I was down there last year, I Ubered in and I was like, where are we going? And I, and I'm like, what are these buildings? And I guess, that's exactly what you're talking about. I thought I thought it was like buildings behind the parking structure. That totally makes sense. That okay. Yeah. So that's I think that's cool. the vibe that they would go for. So if they built something there, it would have that vibe. I was going to ask because what are you going to do? Put like 30 foot um, retaining walls so you to, to keep the sound away from the houses and stuff. That would look terrible. If you did something like you're saying, that totally makes more sense. Yeah. And they also did it. Um, so in that report that everyone's because you know Disneyland Forward started to resurface again because. Um, when we were meeting and having these planning meetings with the community, they were um, they were saying that at some point they would have to they're building all these rules and mm-hmm. then they're going to submit these rules to the city along with the proposal to rezone the land. So the city can consider, OK, we'll rezone this land um, and these are the rules that Disney will abide by. And they're and let, let, I need to be clear just for the people listening um, it's not that the city's making Disney abide by these rules. Disney is saying we're going to make ourselves abide by these rules um, as a as like a way to be a good neighbor. Sure. You know, so I just want to make so I want to make this clear. So none of this has happened. Did I totally misunderstand what I think I've seen on TikTok the past like three days? None of this has happened. None. Nothing's been submitted recently. So they submitted. They submitted the the rezoning proposal to the city, okay, okay. and and they more importantly they just they submitted that rule book. So all okay. the people all the people on TikTok and like YouTube and stuff that are making content about it, they're combing through the rule book and reading what Disney has said we would hold ourselves accountable to. But I don't necessarily know that they know the reasoning. They they almost think that they're treating it as if like Disney's giving them. Um, an example of what they want to build there. And the way they proposed it to us in the meeting was that, um, you know, we have, we have no concrete plans for how we want to use any of this space. And the reason, and the guy that was presenting it said, why would we waste 
uh, precious resources of having Imagineers spend time to blue sky something when we don't even know we're allowed to do anything. There. That's completely fair. Okay, I will back off that topic then. Well, hold on. No, there is there is a, there is an article out there though that shows what is intended, like an outdoor attractions, kid attractions. Yeah. There is, but it, again, it's going back to what Danny was sharing. It's not saying this is what we're doing or how we're doing it. It's just sharing if this is what's to go. This is what the like layout sure. would look like. So yeah. that way they can identify, okay, there is an outdoor attraction, but it's stated it's in the center of this right. proposed new land. Yeah. And it's just kind of like it's blue sky selling, but at the very, very early stages. Almost like Herb Ryman making the Disneyland schematic. That's how early this is. Exactly. And then I have other another question. We'll not push it aside, but it kind of attaches to that. I heard a lot of people talking about the Toy Story parking lot, which is literally the same size as DCA. Should the Toy Story, I'm going to ask both of you. I've already asked Lewis before the show starts. I'm going to ask you first, Danny. Should the Toy Story parking lot become a third gate at Disneyland Resort? Um, I would love that, right? I think that that's, that would be a great option for it. Uh, they just, all they've proposed is that they want to use it for theme. They want to have the ability to use it for theme park space, right? Uh, in the con in the proposed concept art that they showed just to do, to show something to the community as in like, Hey, this is an example of what could be built there and what you might experience if you're driving down the street as part of this community and seeing, you know, instead of a parking lot, you might see this. And they showed a, they showed like a, a really fancy shopping district with a lake as the center for, you know, of center icon kind of like what you see at Disney Springs and, and Walt Disney world. So mm-hmm. a really nice shopping center with a lot of food, a lot of entertainment and a marquee hotel that like kind of went around the outside of it. Um, and that would really work well there for the space because right across the street is the Anaheim convention center. Yeah. And that plays host to huge conventions, tons of business guests. And a lot of times those business guests just really don't have a lot of places to dine other than like the garden walk or they got to go somewhere farther away. So um, I guess we'd have to look at it from a business perspective and really see what's going to make Disney more money. Is a third theme park going to make more money when they're right across from the convention space? Or is it going to be a really high-end shopping center with with dining that can just bring in tons of revenue whenever these big conventions come into town? That totally makes more sense (laughs) than what you just said, than the third gate. I would love the third gate though. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That'd be the best. I mean, even, yeah. if, even if it's like a complete like water, like a water park kind of yeah. thing, or just something totally different. I mean, you have isn't Great Wolf like isn't there a Great Wolf like right around the corner from Disneyland or something now? Yeah, it's just down the same street, yeah. uh, Harbor Boulevard. You know, it would. I mean, that, that that'd kill there. Lewis, any thoughts on on the old Disneyland forwards third gate? You're muted, bro. <laughs> I'm with Danny. I would like to see a third gate. Um, do I see it happening? No, especially hearing that Disneyland Forward isn't going to be a, hey, we're going to break ground and knock out Disneyland Forward. We may bust down the wall on DCA side first, work yeah. on that for a few years. Ultimately, Disneyland Forward is going to become the third gate without actually having a third gate. And you're going to have, I mean, in that proposed article, there's potential for 16 different style attractions. Yeah. which is almost as many attractions as DCA has by itself. Right. So as much as I would like to see a third gate, I think having it as a shopping center, hotel, 
having that and then the op- opportunities for D23 and things like that to expand into that, mm-hmm. I think that seems like the more plausible idea, especially yeah. when you have things like Cotino or Cosino out here in Palm Desert growing and becoming the story living. I do think that's another alternative path that Disney is venturing down. Trying to bring back some of Walt's, you know, Epcot vibes there. I, I would not <laughs> even be surprised if they did yeah. that. Um, yeah, so that's kind of that with Disneyland Forward. I, I want to, we are well, not, yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say for Disneyland Forward, um, so we got to think, you know, think about what's for Disneyland Forward. It's, it, it's all really exciting, right? Like right now, like we meant, like, you know, Sean started off this segment talking about how right now Disneyland's run out of room. They have, they have run out of room. Um, there's very limited space of where they can go at this point without taking things away that people like. Uh, or that people hold dear, especially in a place like Disneyland where, you know, there's a lot of memories and sentimental, you know, value being that Walt Disney was there. So, uh, you know, this is exciting in the sense that if it's approved and um, and Disneyland's allowed to rezone or the city can rezone the space for Disneyland to be able to use it, it lets them start to blue sky. It lets them start to think, okay, where do we want to go first? Do we want to go to Toy Story lot? Do we want to go to expand Disneyland beyond Splash Mountain, Critter Country? Do we want to expand beyond Pixar Pier in California Adventure? And um, you have to think about, too, what's there, right? So on the left-hand side is Simba Parking Lot, which is literally the only space for guests to park in downtown Disney. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's no other space. On the right-hand side, what do we have there? We have uh, a mostly unused parking lot that cast members park in, but uh, there's plenty of other cast member lots where they can be relocated to. Um, and then the other parking lots that are in that space are um, hotel guest parking for Disneyland hotel. And then like some dead parking lots that sometimes just get used for storage and don't have anything in. Um, so as far as ease of just kind of going into it, I would say the right-hand side that's expanding Disneyland would be the easier one to start at first, because I feel mm-hmm. like, we would have to see parking infrastructure vastly change um, in order for the left-hand side to be worked on um, because where do the guests park that want to go to downtown Disney? Could they so, park in, could they park in one of the big structures or is it not worth it? Uh, they could, they could, but then you deal with the whole, like, you know, guests in, in downtown Disney are paying hourly. They're not paying uh, a flat fee. Right. So would, would a guest come to downtown Disney if they had to pay 30 bucks to pay, to park? That's fair. Yeah. Cause I guess, yeah. I guess, cause I, right now, if they, don't they validate if you buy something? Yeah. They give you like a couple hours free parking uh, right. when, you, when you spend 20 bucks, no matter what you're spending it on, which is pretty easy to do if you're dining, you know? Yeah. No, I was going to say though, imagine that though. I feel like what if they did that for the parking structures? They said, Hey, all parking, be, all parking could be validated. You're still making money in the downtown Disney area. So then it gives the guests the idea, oh, I'll spend $20 there instead of spending 30 at parking lot. You feel like you're getting more bang for your buck, but you're ultimately you're still paying for it. So to be honest, I wonder you, if Disney you can't would just, just you can't just really spend 20 bucks at downtown Disney. So no, you can't. It'd be brilliant to do that. So. But, but imagine like they, they said, all right, you could you can validate your parking and you pay for it after. I mean, the only downfall is Leaving the parking ah, structure. So there's the there's no way you could do it with that. Yeah, no, no, never mind. Yeah, the yeah. parking structure when you leave. I was just running through my head. Up. Everyone's going to have to pay to get out. You're going to be stuck there for hours to get out. Yeah. So, hours. Yeah. I did I did an art show at the Garden Walk one time. And it took me 60, about 60 minutes to get out of the 
parking structure. Jeez. It was nasty. So thinking way far forward, do you guys – and then we'll, we'll – we'll, do you guys see if they do what you said with the Toy Story a lot, making it like this huge dining and, and spending and, and thing to make money, do you see maybe the two parks – overtaking downtown Disney and like merging there to where everything is going to be at that place across the street or am I way overthinking that or downtown Disney's kind of a necessity. I Ooh. Think. But you see what I'm saying though? You could just kind of so- envelop, envelop that area into. Well, we think about a whole resort as, you know, if you think about like Walt Disney world, you know, Disney Springs isn't the only shopping center, right? They have the boardwalk, um, which okay, is kind of fair. like, yeah which is kind of sort of as small as downtown Disney is. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> so there's just a mix of different things. I, I think the, the most interesting thing is um, we'll have to keep an eye on. I think the thing we'll have to keep an eye on after this were to get approved yeah. is um, the Eastern gateway, right? The, the Western gateway is where um, is where they're building all the stuff now, like where Din Tai Fung's going and all that stuff on the West end of downtown Disney. But on the eastern side of downtown Disney, what that's where they wanted to build the new parking structure before, but got the pl- the rug yanked out from underneath them. So if we see those plans start to reinitiate and ground break for parking over on the on the eastern end eastern of side. the resort on Harbor Boulevard, um, with the pedestrian bridge and all those plans being set into motion, uh, that's when we might see some changes happen to those empty lots next to the Design Hotel and the Paradise Pier Hotel. Because that would then mean that parking is going to open up in a brand new structure that could absorb the parking lost from some of these other areas. That, that totally makes sense. I, I always forget about that. I, I thought that was such a good idea, the Eastern Gateway project. And mm-hmm. I'm kind of bummed it didn't happen. I understand why it didn't because of the businesses over on that side. But if you have ramps and steps going down to those businesses – People are still going to go there if they want to go there. Yeah, but the rumblings are, it sounds like that project's probably the only way to go. So it sounds like it's picking up steam again, and yeah. it might be might be where they're going. So They paid I like think- $60 million for a hotel just to destroy it just for that, and it's yeah. just it's there empty now. <laughs> yeah, the parking lot, actually. They just extended the parking lot. Oh, they did? It. Okay, yeah. It's yeah. 60, it wasn't like $60 million bucks. I, I don't know. I it's forgot for- a while ago. Yeah, it's so crazy. But I, I mean, love that. I thought that was a great idea. To go off your question on downtown Disney, I can see downtown Disney becoming more parks area if the just like the Eastern project. I mean, if the rumored, it's always getting thrown out there. But if the garden, no, if if the garden walk actually goes up for sale, which it was years ago, but if it goes up for sale, I can see Disney dumping downtown Disney for parks because the garden walk literally. It's a it's like a three story downtown Disney. There's certain parts where there's three levels, so Dang. you could ultimately really do a lot there. Um, especially if they built a bridge from the Garden Walk to the Toy Story parking lot area, you could definitely do something like that. So I I would see them dropping downtown Disney if the Garden Walk was to go up for sale. If Disney was to buy the Garden Walk, I would say downtown Disney would get swallowed up by theme park and i also think the busing system uh in between disneyland and california i could see that getting swallowed up by part two yeah with these new parking structures and bridges uh, so my other question that i saw from all this was that now i'm gonna be pissed if i just believe tiktok 
now that I think about all this. Um, so like the idea of a Skyway, that was just someone on TikTok saying that? Like no, the they were they were looking at the rules that Disney put in the book. So essentially they're uh, the original plan for Disneyland Forward um, in the, I guess, their, what their original desire is or was the so the street that literally runs right in the middle of the resort to go under it right yeah no the the street that runs right in the middle of right. the resort Disneyland Drive Disneyland Drive yeah. um they their the original plans were to close the street oh i uh, thought they're going to go under it no they go wanted to close, over they wanted oh. to close the street and make it a private street much like resort road and all the other things that they did on the other side of the resort um I think the plans still include so the street the street called Magic Way, um, mm-hmm. which is the street that runs um, perpendicular to like you turn off of Disneyland Drive onto Magic Way to get to the Disneyland Hotel, and what used to be the downtown Disney parking lot. Gotcha. Okay. Um, so the the plans still include to close that street. Um, so on the other end where it connects to Walnut at the other end of the street, so it connects to Walnut and it connects to Disneyland Drive. Mm-hmm. Um, on the walnut side, it would be just capped off and there would be no way for cars to go that way. Um, because technically that street is right on the space they'd want to build things. So that there'd be a whole reworking of that space if, uh, if theme parks were actually to come there. Um, but what they were saying is, is so if they're going to expand across Disneyland drive to, to these spaces, um, on either side of the hotel, they're talking about how would they get guests from one part of Disneyland to the other part across sure. the street. Um, and so they were talking about multiple options of how they would do that. Um, one of them being, you know, the bridge that they use for downtown Disney, right? Most people don't even know they're crossing a bridge in downtown Disney when they're right. in it. Yep. Uh, so that that's a really great example. And they used that with pictures like, Hey, we could just do this again for the Disneyland lands and you'd never know you're going over a bridge. Yeah. Um, the other option was to use a, a more obvious pedestrian bridge, like what we see at the structure. Mm-hmm. And then they said potentially a skyliner and that's how that came into play yeah. or a people mover. They mentioned that too. Yes, so please. they were just giving options to the city. Like, Hey, these are ways we could cross pedestrians over to the other parts of the theme park expansion. If okay. we were to build over there. So it, they just saw these like possibilities and then, you know, it makes a really great video. So they're like, oh, Disney's going to build a right. man. <laughs> okay. So Disneyland Forward is going to be cool whenever it happens. I think it happens down the road and I'd look forward to see what happens with it. But I, I want to talk about something else that we are not a, we, we are a Disney podcast. That's where we cover Disney, but Danny covers it all. Danny covers Disney. He covers Universal Studios. He covers Knott's Berry Farm. I want to give Danny some love. And I, I, I'm intrigued by Halloween Horror Nights. I'm, I, I'm not a huge horror fan. I, I don't mind watching horror films, but um, I don't like to be, people jump out at me. It's just not my thing. So that's why I was asking even about the Villains Grove, because I don't need to be punching a character just because yeah. they scared me. But um, tell us, our listeners, I mean, I, I'm sure everyone that listens to this stuff is all, they do everything. They go to Universal. They go to Knott's. They go to Magic Mountain. They go everywhere. Get, really quick, give us like a brief kind of what is Halloween Horror Nights. Tell us about your experience there. And then, yeah, please just yeah. talk about it. So we haven't had Not Scary Farm yet. We're actually, I'm going to be doing that this week. Uh, Not Scary Farm has its 50th year. So they're another oh, premier 
uh, scary event in Southern California. Um, that's at Knott's Berry Farm. That starts on Thursday and goes through the Halloween season. But what Sean is referring to is Universal Studios Halloween Horror Nights, um, a big event on the East Coast and the West Coast, right? I feel like it's a little bit more, uh, has a little bit more of a fanfare on the East Coast than it does on the West Coast. Um, but it's still a massively popular event. Um, it is a horror themed event. So it's themed to, uh, since it's universal, it's themed to um, horror franchises or franchises that they are working with, like from Netflix. Uh, so we have had Haunting of Hill House in the past. We've had many Stranger Things seasons interpreted to mazes and walkthroughs, um, including this year. So I had a chance to experience um, Halloween Horror Nights this year at, at Hollywood, which debuted last week. And um, man, it was a, a great experience. Probably my favorite year I've been in recent times. 2019 was my favorite year last time, but mm-hmm. this year um, they've had they had a walkthrough experience for Stranger Things season four, uh, The Last of Us, but specifically the video game, not the the television show, uh, which is the television show is based off the video game, right? Um, they had Exorcist Believer, which is the new Exorcist, which is a lot more darker and scarier. They had a maze walkthrough for that. Um, and they also have had, uh, you know, other, ex- you know, they always do a universal monsters themed maze. Cause you know, universal has its classic monsters. They've got, oh, heck yes. they got Frankenstein. They've got creature of the black lagoon. They have the mummy. They have, uh, you know, Dracula, Wolfman, all the main, you know, the classic horror monsters, they're all universal properties. So they right. can get really creative and do some fun mazes. And they always do an awesome, universal monsters maze um and then they also have a maze walkthrough experience for evil dead rise which was a movie that came out recently uh very uh very scary and disgusting movie by the way (laughs) Uh, i don't know if lewis saw that movie but it's pretty it's pretty scary actually Uh, um and then they have a a show based off the purge which is another series so it's really fun if you like horror and you like being scared. Uh, it's a great experience and it's really fun. Um, I love doing it every single year. Mondo from Five Fires YouTube, he's a huge fan of it too, obviously. Uh, it's what helped put you know his channel on the map, right? He, he, has, he has Halloween Horror Nights almost to pay exclusively for his successes. So he, all, he never forgets that. So. Yeah. so you have to think, I mean, Universal is a major movie studio. So, I mean, I'm sure they do it right too. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? It's all done right, special effects wise. And the thing, I, I have not been university, been university in such a long time. The, the question I have is, where does it all go? That place is so small, it seems like. I know you talk about up, upper level, lower level, because I listened to your show last week and you were saying that if you have the, the early access pass, use it and get in there and do the, you know, do the, do, so it's only four mazes is what you're saying? Yeah, early access uh, grants you um, the ability to walk through f- the four mazes on the lower lot during that early entry period. Right. Um, but there's uh, nine, I believe, nine total mazes and walkthrough experiences. Um, and then shows are in addition to that, too. Dang. And uh, Louie, have you ever been to this? So I've, I've done Not Scary Farm quite a bit. And I, I enjoy Not Scary Farm. I am not the biggest fan of mazes. Just because yeah, the no fact shit. That a, I don't blame you. <laughs> well, I'm just a bigger guy, so like it automatically feels smaller. So the only maze that I did at Universal Studios 
before the Hollywood Horror Nights became a thing when it was Halloween, was when they had the mummy at the very beginning. It was a walkthrough. They had the mummy there. And I enjoyed it. I thought it was really well done. Their costumes, their designs are top-notch. Not Spray Farm, I think, gives you that more old-school kind of haunted house vibe. But I think my favorite part uh, that I've seen on on both Danny's channels and uh, Mondo's channels is the opening. I forget what you guys call it, but it's that opening sequence with, like, the Connex boxes, the flame. It's like all the characters come flying at you. That part I really enjoy. I was like, screw this when I saw that. No, I'm out. I I like that. (laughs) I saw the, um, the tram tour. They have the Bates Motel part where you're walking through. I enjoy that style of Halloween. Um, mazes, I just get a little claustrophobic. And then the thought yeah. of, like, somebody touching me. I'm, I, I mean, as we've learned on the live show, I'm not a big touchy-touchy person. So, like, a little touch, and I, I'm swinging. So I'm not yeah, a big I, fan I, of that. I feel like I would do that. I, and then that so, damn but, doll. What's that little that girl that does the weird-ass Megan. Yeah, screw that. That looks scary as hell. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to lie. I saw that on YouTube. <laughs> I thought that was – I mean, it could be different in person. But I've watched a video of that, and I thought that looked kind of boring. Like it didn't seem as like it's there's something about that movie that or the the I haven't seen it. I don't know if it's a movie or a show, but there's something about that character in the videos that when you're watching it, you start it's almost that swimming in the pool at dark and you think there's a shark in the water. It's that type yeah. of horror where I feel like seeing that in person, it almost takes it away. It's like the Billy doll from Saw. I think he's cool. I think he's creepy. I think Saw is a great horror film, but that's not a film you can quite replicate too well in real life because you know you can't do that without getting into some legal trouble. So there's some horror movies that I think they should really leave alone because you can't translate it well in real life to where it's believable. Yeah. Now, the Stranger Things maze, did that cheerleader scene? Like I'm, I'm not a Stranger Things person. I've never watched it. I have nothing against it. But that scene that people are walking through and chicks just like in like levitating, like dying or whatever's happening, that scene looked pretty cool on camera. <laughs> I can only think I can only imagine it looks ten times cooler in person. Yeah, it did. It did. It's a fun yeah. event. Uh, it's if you're a fan of horror movies or just like the the classic genre and in general, I think you'd really have a lot of fun. Um, I think. When it comes to what what Lewis is saying, uh, Knott's Berry Farm gets a little bit more claustrophobic. They get a little bit more in your face. The actors kind of get near mm-hmm. you. Uh, with Halloween Horror Nights, they do a really good job of scaring you, but it's usually like a jump scare. So um, the the actors don't ever get they don't ever like follow you in the mazes. Uh, they don't get as close as they do in Scary Farm. Yeah, and uh, and the scare zones. Um, in horror nights are a lot less like immersive and scary they're more for like the fun of it and like just the horror aspect so you like when you first walk in you're kind of being surrounded by all the chainsaw people so that's a scare zone and then they've usually had a couple down in the past uh there's the ones with this the terror tram right um the terror tram yeah so that's that's another one that they do but uh not scary farm like when you walk through the scare zones like that's a maze just out in the open like you're getting scared there's there's monsters there's there's like scenery so 
it's very different. Um, they're different events. Uh, I like them both equally. I love Scary Farm. I've gone for so many years, and I'll keep going. So um, I'm looking forward to it. I, I can't wait to see. I'm, I'm going to – Knott's actually invited me to go on their media night. So oh, I'll, nice. be, I'll be covering that. So I'll hopefully have a video about it this weekend is my goal so that right they can get it out there right away. Two, two things that I remember from Not Scary Farm. They had this show where they used to do – I mean, years ago. I'm probably dating myself on Not Scary But they used to do like this skateboarding show right in the middle, right across the street from the train. Well, they had a, whole, uh, a scary farm show, and it literally was like, um, you know, the, the parody movie, scary movie. It was like watching that live. They're making puns of like Octomom, all kinds of stuff. And I was like, this is priceless. And I love that Knott's gives you that, like, almost like old school backyard barn type of Halloween vibe. It's not, it's not dressed well. Yeah, but it's dressed cool enough that you're like, that's rad. Like the doll, those are those amazing called the doll factory. 99% of the props that were in there were just busted up doll pieces that you can find like Walmart. And I was like, dude, they made this spooky and it's just your average toys that you find at Walmart. So Knott's, I think, does it in a very unique way. But I've, I've never actually witnessed Hollywood Horror Nights, but I would like to give it a try, especially for like the scare zones and the terror tram. Probably not the mazes, but I'm always down to try new stuff. Yeah. So is there a lot, just we'll wrap up with this. Is there a lot to do without the mazes? Because I don't think I could do the mazes. Without, I would be punching people. Uh, can you, Is it still fun if you don't do the mazes? Um, you could do the terror tram. You could do the shows and experiences like the Purge show. There's the Blumhouse experience, which had yeah. the Megan dolls and like the, the, the props and set pieces from um, like the movie Five Nights at Freddy's, which comes out at the end of October. Mm-hmm. Um, another video game <laughs> movie based off a of video game um, and they have uh, you can ride some of the attractions that they've got normally at Universal Studios Hollywood um, albeit probably not the shortest waits that you right. experience at Universal I don't necessarily if you're not there to experience any of the walkthroughs I, I don't necessarily know that I would recommend going to horror okay. Yeah. okay that's fair so let me ask you this Danny so you have Oogie Boogie Bash you have not scary farm. Oh, you're you, it's hard. You, you have Halloween horror nights right here. Which one are you picking over the other two? He's um, picking C, he's picking SeaWorld's Halloween. <laughs> yeah, Hollow Scream. Um I would probably pick honestly, I'd probably like in the past, I would probably I always pick like Scary Farm just because I love the Scary Farm event. Yeah. Um but like it's such a oogie boogie bash is so different. If it was like Mickey's Halloween party, I'd probably pick Mickey's Halloween party <laughs> over the three. But I really love scary Halloween stuff. So this year, right now, Halloween Horror Nights is leading everything by far, like easily. So Knotts has a lot to live up to, uh, for sure. But it's their fiftieth year. Yeah, I was gonna say. So I think all, with the fiftieth, it's gonna be yeah, pretty cool. They're going all out. And it's funny, Lewis mentioned the Doll Factory. Um, that's a that's a very well known um fan favorite maze for those that are big fans of scary farm um people have a lot of uh you know nostalgia for the doll factory maze um because it's had multiple like versions right so they're actually bringing uh there's a 50th tribute maze this year at not scary farm called the chilling chambers um which was a maze in the past called like 10 chilling chambers 
but what the theme of the Chilling Chambers maze this time is each of the Chilling Chambers is a different classic fan favorite maze from Not Scary Farm. So, and they're going to have a section in that Chilling Chambers that's from the Doll Factory. Yeah, the so, Doll Factory. I just thought that was that was the first one we hit because we went to Knots that day. And we were there in the morning, so we got to ride knots. And, like, that was the one maze you could walk by, and you saw the entrance. You saw the signage. You were, So I was stoked on that one. And that one, I had I had a good time, uh, but that one always stood out. That one, and then the one they do in the bumper cars arena. Yeah, the, that the one. Day of the Dead good. one. Yeah, Day of the Dead one over there, for sure. Um, yeah, they just have, they have, I think the, the cool part about knots is that they really kind of just turned it into this, um, really big story that continues through the whole event that like, you know, they've kind of developed like a cinematic universe <laughs> for yep. a not scary farm world, how they all interconnect with each other and the storyline of it all. And it's really cool how they, how they've done it. Um, and for the 50th year, they're adding three new mazes. So uh lots to see and do this time around and i'm interested to try it all heck yes well danny i can't thank you enough for joining us again um let's do it again next month um because yep. i, I want to hear about not not scary farm now obviously maybe we'll turn into like a, a theme park show not just disney park show because the stuff excites me but uh tell everyone where we can find your content on all the internet and social things out there yeah, so I actually have a podcast as well called the 5571 Podcast. Ironically enough, my episode this week is uh, that's coming out on Wednesday is about Disneyland Forward 2, just because, okay. it's been, uh, cool. because the, the project notes kind of came out and uh, you know the rule book that Disney has been building kind of like was out there. So people kind of combed through it, talked about it. So talk a little bit about that. Of course, talk about um, other things as well, too, like what's new, what's happening. Um, in Disneyland. And of course, I'll have an update video on my YouTube channel for Disneyland updates. And then, of course, Scary Farm, uh, yes. hopefully this weekend, uh, video there as well, too. So lots uh, on the horizons for sure. Good for good. I'm, like I said, we're, I'm glad that you do this with us. We appreciate you. Um, it's fun. I mean, Lewis goes to the parks a lot, but you're there like every week. So it's nice to have someone we can we can touch base with and kind of get a keep our finger on the pulse of what's happening there, if that makes sense, because you're always there. So we appreciate you helping us out and and doing big things for our show. So, again, like Danny said, just ask Danny on YouTube. The 5571 podcast usually comes out on Tuesdays or Wednesdays. Great show if you just want that straight up. He doesn't have music. He, he says, "Hey, yeah. welcome to welcome to the show. Here's the news," and just nope, gets into no it. Frills. <laughs> he, yeah, we, we give you all the frills here, like to, we're going to do in a second. But I, again, Danny, I appreciate you so much. Um, have a good time at not at not scary farm, Louis. I will see you this weekend. And uh, from Absolutely. all of us here at the Extra Magic Hour, we hope you have, we hope you have a magical day. Good night, everyone.
To all who come to this happy place, welcome. Disneyland is your land. Here age relives fond memories of the past. And here youth may savor the challenge and promise of the future. Disneyland is dedicated to the ideals, the dreams, and the hard facts that have created America with the hope that it will be a source of joy and inspiration to all the world.